and welcome back to Speaking Out America. Jim Watkins here, Kevin Stockland from the Epic Times, joining us to talk about all things uh, techie. And uh, this time we're going to go back in time, uh, millions of years ago when the dinosaurs laid to rest and left us with these little nuggets lying everywhere that, that amazingly can barbecue pretty good. Uh, we're talking about coal and the war on coal that's uh, currently underway in the Western civilization. And Kevin's writing an article about that. Hi, Kevin. Welcome. What's your article about? Uh, we're looking at all the efforts from the Biden administration and from Wall Street to end the coal industry in the United States. I read something also about how China is cutting back on sales of coal, and that's going to drive the prices up. Are they insane, uh, Americans? Do they re- not realize that coal is one of the most abundant forms of energy known to man? Yeah, well, there's a lot of benefits of coal. And as you said, China's not only kind of cutting off exports, they are building out their coal plant production uh, at the most rapid pace. They are now more than half of the use of coal in the world. They are followed by India, uh, even a country like Indonesia, increasing their coal production by about 35%. So as we shut ours down, uh, the developing world some of our potential adversaries are building out aggressively in this space. They love coal. They love coal because it's abundant, uh, it's affordable, it's dispatchable. You can turn these plants uh, up and down uh, you know, as you need the, the electricity. You can store the coal at the plants so you're not at risk of the sun not shining or the wind not blowing or gas uh, transmission lines being frozen or cut. Uh, and for all these reasons, uh, the world loves coal except the United States. If we cut back, uh, have you done any analysis on what we what life would be like uh, if Americans simply did not use any coal? I mean, our our electric bills, where would they get their electricity from? I mean, where would we get well, it from? Yeah, so the uh, the NERC, which is in charge of uh, monitoring the reliability of the North American electric grid, um, they have just released a study, uh, and now tremendous amounts of the United States are either a high risk or elevated risk of power outages because coal had provided dispatchable sources. As I said, you can kind of ramp it up or ramp it down as you need it. Uh, now that we're retiring and shutting down all these coal plants, we're becoming more reliant on the weather, and they've sounded the alarm. This is uh, an agency that is affiliated with the um, FERC. But uh, they are now sounding alarm, saying we are now at high risk in pretty much a huge swathe of central United States and elevated risk in virtually all the western states of having brownouts and blackouts um, and not being able to meet the demand for electricity. And, and they'll t- and they'll blame it on the climate. That's the it's sort of like this inverted weird logic where the reason we're having power outages is because of climate change. And people won't sit there and say, that doesn't make any sense. They just... Right. And, right? and this is all allegedly about climate change. The great irony of this whole movement is what we're effectively doing is we're transporting uh, our manufacturing uh, to China, which is manufacturing with coal. So all of the wind turbines and the solar panels and the EV batteries, you know, that's all being refined and manufactured in China using coal. Uh, while we're shutting down all of our fossil fuel production here in the United States. So we're not really solving uh, the CO2 emission issue, if there is one. All we're really doing is just transferring transferring our energy capacity and jobs to countries like China. Who will take advantage of us, uh, for sure. Do you, you know what coal is, right? 
I mean, it's uh, compressed. Yeah, it's compressed yeah, sure. oil, uh, compressed mulch. You know, uh, the, the it, it, and it's it's a, a carbon powerhouse, really. I mean, it's it's what happens when you take everything else but carbon and you you crunch it like a diamond is the is is compressed granite or whatever. It, it's it's compressed over thousands, hundreds of thousands of years. Uh, what what is the do you understand how car, uh, cap and trade works with some of these big countries? I'm sure you do. Explain how cap and trade works because that's really the expose of what's happening now with energy. It's basically wealth redistribution. Explain to me how Taylor Swift, for example, was being uh, condemned because her era's tour was using a lot of carbon with all the transporting and airplanes. And, and so she actually bought... Uh, she actually paid for that excess carbon. Explain how the whole cap-and-trade industry works. Well, uh, you know, one of the schemes that they're working on uh, to to try to limit carbon emissions uh, is to create carbon credits, where uh, if let's just say you're a company like Tesla, and we're only going to measure emissions at the tailpipe of your vehicles. We're not going to be concerned with anything that goes into actually making them. But uh, you uh, have zero emitting vehicles now, and you are, um, if you're GM and you're not complying across your fleet, uh, you can, can basically uh, buy carbon credits from Tesla, and you give the billions of dollars to Tesla every year. This happens from the major automakers uh, just to buy carbon credits. And so this is a way that they want to incentivize uh, production of EVs over, let's say, gas cars, and it's a way that power plants uh, as well you know, can continue to operate. They can buy carbon credits from, let's just say, windmills and solar panels. And again, they do not take into account any of the carbon that goes into creating those things. They're just purely measuring at the point of output. Now, Al Gore is in this business, is he not? Doesn't he actually broker these cap-and-trade deals, and doesn't he get a commission off these these large deals? Well, he does have an investment house that uh, is involved in investing in the, the new economy of, of renewable energy. Um, and uh, I don't know his finances. I haven't seen them. I've read reports that he's banked uh, hundreds of millions of dollars since um, the, uh, his, his documentary came out. Um, so a lot of people are, are profiting from this as well as feeling like they're doing something good, I suppose. Yeah, the man who is telling us that we need to change our carbon output is actually in the business of selling carbon or buying carbon. Uh, it's, it's an amazing thing. As a journalist, I have to ask you, obviously I'm extremely biased. I listen to a lot of the scientific experts. I read a lot. Murano, uh, uh, climate Depot is a website that I often check as a journalist. I know your job is to be uh, objective. Do you believe that if America were to attain its net zero goals, that will have any effect on the environment from everything that you've studied so far? No, uh, no, there's no evidence that it would. Uh, as I said, all the manufacturing of our, our solar panels and turbines, you know, so much of that is happening in China, and that's being done with coal. So, And the same thing with EV batteries. Um, there's no evidence that this transition to net zero is going to reduce carbon emissions worldwide, if that even were the goal. And if that were the goal, we would be in, investing in nuclear energy. We wouldn't be wasting our time with wind and solar. So I find the whole thing kind of suspicious. 
I'm hearing that the whole wind uh, industry, the it's, it's sort of falling apart right now. Major companies across the Atlantic are saying there's no way to make money on this. Are you hearing that too? Yeah, absolutely. A lot of projects are now being canceled. Uh, they can't meet their budgets. Uh, and, and there's been now more than 600 communities that across the United States that have stepped up. And so we don't want these things because they take up a tremendous amount of land and they take out a tremendous amount of, of ocean space. So uh, we are, you know, it's, it's not a great technology. It's not particularly effective. It's not particularly clean. And it only works when the weather cooperates. Yeah. Kevin Stockland from the Epic Times, he writes about this stuff. You can find his articles. Go to theepictimes.com. Always a pleasure to catch up with you. Happy New Year to you, Kevin. And we'll catch up again real soon. This program is sponsored by flatfeeformeds.com. My wife and I are nearing retirement, and the prescriptions are starting to add up. Now I get my meds for one small monthly pharmacy fee and have enough money left over for Friday night date night with the missus. 90% of all prescriptions are covered. Check for yours at flatfeeformeds.com. Check it out if you want to save money on your prescriptions, flatfeeformeds.com. Once again, flatfeeformeds.com and save money on your prescriptions. And we're welcoming uh, Nan Su from the Epoch Times once again to this program. He's one of my star uh, interviews every week. He tells us what's going on uh, in Asia, particularly China, and some rather disturbing news over the weekend that we want to talk about. Nan Su from the Epoch Times. Hi, Nan. Happy New Year to you. And uh, what happened this weekend? Uh, Xi Jinping made a very important speech. Tell us about that. Uh, Hi. uh, Happy New Year, Jim. Uh, yes, uh, Communist leader Xi Jinping in China gave a New Year talk, basically using you know stronger words than ever before. Uh, say that the Communist regime in China want to unify Taiwan. It's a very dangerous sign. Now, keep in mind, Taiwan's election is just like uh, right now. It's just exactly ten days away. Okay, so 10 days away, what do the elections have to do in regard to the possible invasion of of China? Well, first of all, uh, the, the pro-independence uh, group that uh, uh, Taiwan's uh, progressive Democratic Party, uh, it's leading uh, in the poll. So it looks like uh, it's going to win. It's the current part. It's the it's the current ruling party. Okay. So now, uh, if they continue to rule uh, Taiwan, then uh, its communist party will have another four years. They will have much difficulties to infiltrate into Taiwan because in the last eight years under the rule of of this party. That uh, uh, Taiwan, you know, uh, more and more Taiwan investors have left China and went to Vietnam or Thailand or Malaysia, or uh, several. Many of them actually came to the United States uh, because it's a safer place for them to make investment. Now, uh, they, you know, uh, Chinese government has less and less influence 
in Taiwan. Now think about this: if they they rule another eight years, uh, which is to to the communist leader uh, in Beijing, uh, that's a very bad situation. I'm trying to imagine what a war would look like, how the outbreak would come, what would be the first steps. And nobody, of course, knows this because these are military secrets. But I would imagine the average Taiwanese is probably worried more now. And what what do they do? I mean, they're almost powerless, right? They can't they can't leave. Uh, well, actually, I, I I don't think Taiwan is uh, as worried as. Uh, as they should uh, be, as we think of you <laughs> yeah. know, because uh, this is very dangerous because they they have been under the routine threat, pretty much daily basis. You know, Chinese military airplanes, Chinese warships, uh, it's being around Taiwan pretty much every day. So, uh, kind of like uh, you know, uh, a lot of people really don't. Don't even feel it anymore. So that's the one thing that you know you need to really watch out. But uh, luckily, I think Taiwan's military is trying is really watching out. But uh, uh, however, uh, once they are under attack, uh, I I don't know how well they're going to mobilize the military to make the resistance. Do you think that one strategy is to what they're trying to do here in the United States, which is to destabilize society by having enough people, nationals, Chinese nationals, who can sway an election in a district? Do you think that they would go that way? It's more of a subversive route. Like you say, they they get people that are friendly to communism, friendly to China, and get those people into positions of power, uh, which would be the long. I guess that would be the long game, right? Um, well, they already they already done that. So that uh, I noticed that in the last month, last uh, few months, you know, uh, Taiwan's military court has been investigating uh, several cases uh, where. Uh, their military officials collaborating with China and sending uh, intelligent information to China, those kind of things. Yeah. Well, and, and of course, they're watching how Biden, uh, this election probably will determine more than anything. If Trump gets back into office, I would imagine Xi Jinping would probably hit the pause button because he knows that Trump would not hesitate to use military, U.S. military, to protect Taiwan. That may not be so clear with Biden, right? Biden is sort of, we don't know how he would react, do we? Well, well, Biden actually said a few times if China uh, uh, invaded Taiwan, U.S. military will inter, uh, interfere uh, militarily. Uh, I'm just hoping, you know, the current situation is more like we need to worry if we have enough ammunition if our military in the region, you know, mm. uh, well equipped to uh, to deal with that kind of situation. Now, U.S. military uh, reopened uh, uh, several military bases in Philippines this year. That's why you, ah. you see, you know, in, in the, this year, you know, the Chinese government has been really harsh. All these uh, proactive actions against the Philippines. But however, now. 
keep in mind what's going on around the world. You, we have、um, Middle East crisis. We have Ukraine war that's still going. Now with all these things going around, you know, are we still, you know, our our military men and women are, are they still well equipped,、uh, you know, logistically to deal with the situation that may happen? Uh, around Taiwan or maybe South China Sea or East China Sea, I don't know. Very interesting. Did you see the picture of the new tech? The China, of course, published it today. They've got a, 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 a an incredible aircraft carrier that they're bragging about. It's it's fully tech, and they show it's, it's right there. I think it's on the New York Times. That, that they do that for a reason, don't they? I mean, they're basically trying to send a message that we're prepared. Well, there's, there's, they're, they're doing that kind of thing right now, almost like as a routine basis. So it, it's like a, they. That's why I say, you know, the people living in Taiwan, a lot of them, you know, they they kind of get used to. Well, which is dangerous because you actually do not, you know, you 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 get used to you you never really think about maybe that's just one day that's going to. Be the reality,、yeah. so you kind of like everyone ignore the, the 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 elephant in the room. Yeah, yeah. Well, you get tired of people saying the sky is falling, the sky is falling, and after a while, you just don't believe it. You know, because、uh, I, my whole life, I've always anticipated that Taiwan, eventually, there would be a huge battle there.、Um, but they got to be careful because they don't want to destroy the economy that Taiwan has. That would be like going into a, a China shop and breaking all the dishes so you can take over the store, you know. So、um, they can't do that. Real quick, while we have yeah, a second, yeah. The semiconductor chip. Once they start, you know, they launch the attack against the Taiwan. They don't even have to send military there. All they need to do is just keep it, you know, launch the missile attacks,、uh, yeah. Or maybe have some sort of. Uh, uh, Some sort of air battles keep going on, then you will have, you know, you will have Taiwan completely siege. You know, are we ready for that? So、yeah. the entire world is going to be out of semiconductor chips. Yeah. All right. Well, real quick, I know next we're running out of time here. We got about twenty seconds, but Jimmy Lai's trial is underway in Hong Kong, and the outcome. Why should Americans be paying attention to this? Because Hong Kong is completely changed. Hong Kong is a part of the communist regime now.、Uh, already, you know,、uh, you look at the Jimmy Lai's trial. That's a, you know, that's a, that's basically a prominent example、uh, that for we Americans to learn that we we should never ever trust the words from the communist leader in Beijing. Understood. All right, Nansu from the Epic Times, our resident expert on all things China. I always appreciate you stopping by, and I'll talk to you again soon. Thanks again, sir. Oh, thank you for having me. This is the end, beautiful friend. This is the end.